Hello, viewers and listeners everywhere. This is Diamonds and Hash Marks. My name is Alex Pichardo. The co-host Peyton Pichardo, you dig? Yeah, so uh, made it to episode five, actually. This is week three of dropping episodes. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, them out, man. Yeah. Let's do it. Every Monday and Thursday. If you're bored on a Monday or Thursday, you could just keep refreshing on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you want. Um, maybe we'll pop up eventually. Uh, speaking of, uh, if you're on Apple Podcast and you are wondering who the ginger is on the far side of the screen, his name is Josh Lawson, and he's a part of the Nest Podcast. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're on Apple Podcast. That's wild. Um, a little difficult to find, uh, but you are specifically looking for the one um, run by Birdhouse Productions. Um, Ooh, he's on there oh, yeah. uh, with all his former roommates, and they do a great job talking football, getting you prepared for the week. Um, even just during the off season, they were still talking football. I, I thought that was wild because you got the NBA playoffs going, and you guys were still over there talking football. So, is you guys I mean, only talk really, football? It's it's pretty much a religion at this point with <laughs> with the amount that we uh, the amount of time yeah. that we put into it. Um, but yeah, mostly football. We'll we'll dive into college football. We'll dive into other sports lightly. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. touch baseball. We don't know anything about baseball. That's all you guys. Yeah. Um, but specifically, Kids, especially with the NFL. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Josh um, is going to be with us. Um, he is our resident Colts fan as well. Um, given that this show, the logo does include the Jag Stadium. And we, when we talk football, we try to talk primarily Jags, even though that doesn't always happen. Um, we thought it'd be fun to bring on uh, a fan of the opposing team, uh, just so that we could have a, a quick recap conversation with him. But he is going to be here for the entire uh, football conversation. Before we get into that, if you are listening slash viewing, please hit us up with a five-star review. Um, and if you're listening slash viewing specifically on Spotify, uh, please take advantage of uh, the polls and uh, the what did you think about this episode slash buy, sell, or hold submission, um, because that is how we primarily interact with you, the fans. Um, I noticed, uh, Josh, we uh, are mutual friends uh, with this person that will go unnamed as of right now, but uh, a Dallas Cowboys fan who has a particularly dashing mustache who took it upon himself to defend the Cowboys in our comment section. I didn't publish his uh, take, but Peyton and I are both on the side that the Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs this year. I don't know if I'm sticking with that after what they did to the Giants last night, but... Right. So a hard yeah. take to stick to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But please interact with us there. We want to get you guys involved as much as we can. It is a football first Monday. Quite, yeah, I'm so excited. That was quite the weekend. I, I love it. You had both Saturday and Sunday rolling. You got the yep. Sunday night football theme playing on NBC. Inject that into yep. my veins. That remains my all-time favorite theme song. But uh, we're going to go. It also reminds you of like, hey, you got homework. Yeah, to do, I know. And I... you got to go to school. Oh, yeah. So, school on Monday. It's mutual, but I agree with you. Yeah, I love it, but <laughs> it didn't always mean the greatest thing. We're going to go sure. chronological order. Let's start with Thursday night, Lions and Chiefs. How about that game? That was a great game, man. Yeah. Love that through and through. So One of the best season openers I've seen in a while, for yeah. sure. Got me so hyped. 
Do you think that was your favorite primarily because the team raising the banner, defending Super Bowl champ lost, or do you think it was just that good of a game? Maybe I think it was definitely just that good of a game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, oh. also you love to see you love to see the reigning champ lose. You know, like yeah. you don't want to see the same guy coming back and then going thirteen and zero to start out the season. Like you know, yeah. you, you you want to root for the underdog, especially Dan Campbell. He's got a great offense. So yeah, how about him, dude? Love him. You don't want to see the Golden State Warriors happen to football. I don't no, think. No, you yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. but I, I thought that game was incredible. I really enjoyed watching that. I watched as much as I could. Um, yeah. I was really blown away by the heart in the Lions and Dan Campbell. They fight for their coach. They fight for their team. They're all bought in. They do. Yeah. yeah. So how about that defensive side of the ball for the Lions, first of all? We're going to get to – the Chiefs missing Kelsey year two without Tyreek Hill. Kadarius Tony is terrible. They had no real <laughs> options offensively other than Patrick Mahomes heaving the ball down yeah. the field. But let's sure. talk Lions defense first. Do you think, uh, Josh, do you think Hutchinson gets any credit for for disrupting the pocket? Or do you think lack of options kind of forced Patrick Mahomes in, into making bad decisions? Man, I will say I will say this. One of the most frustrating things in sports is when any any sports analyst is just absolutely like one specific superstar can do absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah. Uh and a lot of times that tends to be Patrick Mahomes the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And while and Chris I can't Collins really worth. blame Patrick Mahomes yeah. for the loss. <laughs> you know, Travis Kelsey was out. They didn't have a lot of success with the receivers, but you got to credit the Lions offense first and especially okay. like, or I'm sorry, defense. Oh, uh, okay. And when you talk Lions defense, like the first name you're saying is Aiden Hutchinson. Like he is yeah. an absolute dog, yeah. like worthy of being drafted as early as he was. Yeah. Sure. Right. And you saw them panning to his parents quite often, almost like they were better at giving <laughs> commentary than, than the key, uh, the people who are actually doing it. I think at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 they definitely they love showing his parents. I think they went on camera like like six or seven times. I'm like, yeah, they did, you know. But I, hey, great people. I'm they they love watching their son play football. So yeah. when when we think impactful defensive players in the past, the name Watt gets thrown around, the name Bosa gets thrown around. All yep. these guys winning defensive player of the year. It feels like every year, Donald, Aaron yeah, Donald, one of them. Do you think this is Hutchinson's year? to be the premier uh, defensive linesman? I'm throwing this question out to both of you. So if I had to pose this, actually, as a bet, would you take Hutchinson or the field to win Defensive Player of the Year? Because the field has some names in it, but I think Hutchinson may actually be that good. I will say say that uh, after Thursday night, I think my answer would have been Hutchinson. I yeah. think he would have had a great chance. But then after watching the primetime game last night and watching the Cowboys D-line. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. I would have to go with the field. There's too many other guys out there that had a great – and, you know, we're going to talk about the Jags-Colts game in a second. Trayvon Walker uh, could definitely take that prize as well. Out of nowhere, out of man. Nowhere. Yeah. yeah, so I think this is going to be the first time in a while where defensive player of the year is going to come down to a name that isn't Bosa, Watt, or Donald. Yeah, I agree. We love we love yeah. a balanced league. Yeah, we do. We do. It's it's going to be interesting though. I feel like 
uh, we're so used to and so accustomed to seeing a Watt or a Bosa dominate the league and then defensive player of the year is just kind of handed to him at the end of it. Um, yeah. So Peyton, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you remember, but when uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals were headed into Arrowhead to Burrowhead, play them. Mean- yeah, Burrowhead is what I'm getting to. <laughs> Because Joe Burrow at the time was three and zero against Patrick Mahomes, and and mm. you got this perennial talent, but he just can't beat this guy because Joe Burrow is cold. He is that dude. So he is that dude is Jared Goff that dude. Let's talk about Lions offense because Jared Ooh. Goff and the Lions are now two and no, no, not and the Lions. Jared Goff himself is now two and zero against Patrick Mahomes. So is mm-hmm. this another guy that Patrick Mahomes just can't beat? Man, yeah. You know, I was looking at it yesterday, um, not yesterday, I was looking at it on Thursday. And I was even, uh, we were even talking about it even in the preview. I was like, hey, like, let's not discredit what Jared Goff can do, man. Like, yeah. we all remember that uh, game against, um, game he played against the Chiefs where he was on the Rams at the time. It was like 54 or the 51. Yeah. Running up the, running up the table. And I expected that. Uh, I think I also picked, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I also picked like an under for this game as well. Like, it was going to be low scoring. It was going to be a dogfight. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw out of Jared Goff. He might be that dude. Yeah. Um, he's still got a couple of weeks, I think, until I give him that title, until <laughs> I dub him of that title. Yeah. Um, but no, um, yeah, like what I'm seeing. Though. I was like impressed. Yeah. Cause I think he's closing in on Tom Brady's record for most consecutive passes without throwing an interception. And that number yeah, is up there that. pretty I close to that. 400. I think the wow. official yeah. record is 399, but he hasn't thrown an interception since last year, like week three mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So wow. we've talked a lot about the Lions. I'm sure the three of us would say that, yeah, the Lions are possibly just that good. Um, mm-hmm. But we did say we would talk a little bit about the Chiefs, and it seems like their best hope is Patrick Mahomes heaving a 50-50 ball up there. Um, or one of their two uh, amazing running backs uh, going up against a stacked box because if Mahomes has no one to throw it to, suddenly everybody knows you're running. Mm-hmm. How much do you think Thursday night's game result could be attributed to uh, Kelsey is out of the lineup? A lot of it. Okay. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, so sure. I mean, if if you look at the numbers, like the the game was close the entire game, right? Twenty one yeah. to twenty. Seven of those points, a third of the Lions' points, were off of a Kadarius Tony pick six. Yeah. If yeah. if Travis Kelsey's in, that ball's likely not going to Tony. It's going to Kelsey. They're going to target yeah. him fifteen twenty times a game. Um, yeah. and he's far better of a player than any pass catcher on that offense. So, Josh, is it fair to say that you think the Chiefs would? have ultimately been the victors in that matchup had Travis Kelsey been on the field. I think that's a fair opinion. Okay. For sure. What Before about, what Travis about you, Kelsey was ruled out, I predicted the Lions to win. Uh, so I, I might have still gone with the Lions. Yeah. But. Yeah. Peyton, what do you think? Do you think yeah. Travis Kelsey being on the field would have changed the result? Um. I think I'm with Josh on this one. I think the Lions are just that good. I mean, we've been talking about it, I think, for yeah. like the past like uh, five to ten minutes of uh, like all the factors and everything like that. So, um, yeah, 
maybe. Um, okay. But you'd have taken the gosh, Lions so prior. Close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, so, close. so Yeah, yeah. I think I think these next couple of weeks will be very telling. If they go if Kelsey stays out out of uh the start and, and isn't out there on the field every down like we're used to seeing him, um and then yeah. Mahomes and the Chiefs still can't do well, then obviously it's Kelsey. But but if he goes back right. out there and they're doing well, also obviously it's Kelsey. Um so we talked a little bit about his foe, Jared Goff, um, and his former foe, I guess still his foe, Joe Burrow. Um, and we're going to get to the the game, alleged game, that the Bengals played against the Browns because they got blown out here in a second. But yeah. what came across the wire first was Joe Burrow signing this incredible contract. I think it's the fourth straight year we have a quarterback signing a record-breaking deal. He signed for five years, $219 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Which my immediate question becomes, can they keep their receivers? Can they keep Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, and Boyd? So, so do you see this contract affecting the Bengals two, three years down the line when those contracts are up? Do you think they can keep this nucleus together? I'll throw this question to Josh first. I think it's a hard question. There's been a lot of talk that I've seen about T Higgins leaving the Bengals after this season, uh, which is not out of the question by any means. You know, he's a great receiver. He's, he's going to be eligible to leave. People are going to make good trade offers for him, like enough to very easily compensate the Bengals for what he's worth. Um, and probably half the NFL, he he would be the wide receiver one on that team if it wasn't for Jamar Chase. Like he's that talented. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think from but a business also, standpoint, he put zero point zero points up in fantasy this past week. Yeah. So I, he's a great receiver. Seven targets, no catches. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard matchup. That was just a poor <laughs> performance by the Bengals. You know, yeah. made me question why in the world they paid Joe Burrow in the first place, but. Um, yeah. And every team's gonna have a fluke like that and whatnot every once in a while. I still believe in the Bengals, but yeah. um I think from a business standpoint, uh letting letting a receiver like Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins leave for adequate compensation um might be a good move. Might okay, a good move for Interesting. Yeah. What about you, Peyton? Do you think it's gonna be difficult to maintain this nucleus or or do you think it's just the, the natural flow of NFL rosters? You have to let people go at some point. Yeah, um, it's going to be difficult for sure. Um, I mean, with just with uh, the wide receiver uh, class, just with like, um, you know, with uh, what am I trying to say? The with the with the salaries that they're asking for nowadays, it's it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to maintain. Sometimes I think for an organization, yeah. especially with like Jamar Chase and T Higgins, and T Higgins being a phenomenal player. Like I almost um, uh, comparison I would have to him is uh, T Y Hilton. Um, Great receiver, um, also uh, Colts, so I threw that in there for Josh as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I draw those comparisons. Like a solid receiver is going to get you those yards whenever you need it. Like he's a good, he's a good target to have. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so he signed. Yeah, uh, which is totally understandable. Uh, just yeah. wanting to keep your quarterback who <clears throat> does really well in clutch situations, who yeah. also goes out there and balls out in the regular season who has had some issues with his legs in previous years. Um, but 
here we'll we'll do this kind of quick. Do you think it's it's a smart business move from an NFL GM perspective to look at your young quarterback who has taken you to a Super Bowl, didn't win it, but who has been good year in and year out? Do you think it's a good move to sign him to such a large number for a short term? Uh, it feels like short term to me, five years. Yeah. Wait, do you th- like what I'm trying to get to here is do you think this has rendered them incapable in the free agent market? Mm. Like, do you think we'll see the Bengals in the Super Bowl again with Joe Burrow as quarterback because of this contract? I think so. Okay. I think so. You think they're I that think good? It definitely hurts their salary cap. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I think it's worth it for a quarterback as talented as Joe Burrow. Now, when you when you look back last year and you see Daniel Jones get paid uh, like a record breaking amount of money, and you're like, okay, what now? Yeah. What are we doing here? Uh, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Jalen Hurts got got a great contract, and I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's a great player. But he's had one year playing at that caliber. Joe Burrow's yeah. been doing it since the beginning, uh, and he was doing it in he's college. Doing it since you know? college. Yeah, yeah. That's no one ever questioned the guy. So, yeah. like, when when it comes to that, like, you're paying for reliability. You're paying for someone to continue to lead your team. There's mm-hmm. not going to be a bad losing season in there. The Bengals are going to be uh, here to stay in the AFC. Okay. I think. You think they're a formidable force in the AFC? Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, I would look to just other teams that like I don't think there are many teams out there that have won a Super Bowl with a quarterback not still on his rookie deal. Like in the last five or six years, I think rookie deal quarterbacks have, with the exception of Tom Brady, done pretty well. So yeah. um yeah, I I too though think that the Bengals are kind of here to stay. We do have a fan out there who is a Bengals fan, so he'll be pleased to hear that that we are bringing this up. Um, yep. but speaking of the AFC, let's go ahead and break down Jags and Colts, uh, Jags at one point losing, uh, 21, 17 in the fourth quarter, ultimately winning the game 31, 21, uh, quick touchdown. And then you had, uh, an interception and then another quick touchdown right after that kind of, as time was rolling out, sorry to just heap it on you, Josh, but, uh, did you have any expectations for Anthony Richardson going into this game? And if so, did he exceed them? So I told everyone that I knew this. I think we're going to lose the game. I think it's going to be a 14-point game. I think we keep it competitive just because of our defense. Uh, but I will be happy, um, ecstatic even, if we lose and Anthony Richardson looks even like he's he's somewhat mature uh, in the game. Like he can be something. Like all I want to see is hope, yeah, uh, or something to give me hope in this game. And man, he, it's been rough for you. Surprised me even. Man, yes, gosh. I was an optimist going into it, and he surprised me. Yeah. He looked he looked great, really, for a rookie in his first game. Someone that didn't even have a lot of experience in college, uh, as far as being the starting uh, rep quarterback. Yeah, um, yeah. I was very I was very pleased with his performance. Yeah, I saw. I think what you saw from Anthony Richardson, I think it did help, obviously, that his first career game was a home game. So he's at the very least used to that stadium, hopefully at mm-hmm. this point. Not necessarily used to the crowd, but you know, it, it's 
he got to sleep in his own bed. He got to come into his own locker room, put the pads on that he's been wearing the entire preseason. But then he went out there and he took what the defense gave him. Uh, when he didn't have it, he would check it down. When that wasn't there, he'd run it a little bit. I thought we saw a player with all the tools to succeed, mm. even more so in the future. Um, but then you also saw him late in the fourth quarter go down um, and have yeah. a leg issue, which, you know, in the past we have also seen when he was here at the University of Florida, had some leg issues here and there every once in a while. Do you think, uh, Josh, sitting there at 64220 uh that even though he is that big do you think this guy needs to learn how to slide uh yeah absolutely uh i think he's actually closer to 250 like okay. he's he's a big dude he's I about as big as wow yeah any, yeah <laughs> any defensive player almost on on any defense um but yeah he's got to learn how to slide there is actually a uh a report of right after the game when he and Trevor Lawrence met up and kind of said yeah, good game to it. each other. Trevor Lawrence actually said like, Hey man, like you got to learn how to slide. Like yeah. you're doing a great <laughs> job. Love what Protect you're doing. Yourself. But like, yeah. yeah, there's some bigger hits in here in the NFL than there is in college. Like learn how to slide. So yeah, I uh, yeah. love the sportsmanship in that. Um, you know, and Joe Burrow did the same thing and Joe Burrow isn't nearly as much of a running quarterback as Anthony Richardson is right. and will be. Um, and that's how Joe Burrow got hurt his rookie season. You know, he got hit too yeah. hard because he wouldn't slide. Um, so it's just a learning thing, mm -hmm. uh, which I think comes with reps. Yeah. So. Now, obviously, you guys missing Jonathan Taylor this game. I wonder, uh, real quick, do you think that actually played a factor in the game, given as much as Richardson did and how well he did, especially like him running the ball almost like a pseudo running back? in some scenarios, do you think missing Jonathan Taylor actually affected the game? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Big time. Right. Um, I would say more so than, than Kelsey's ab absence impacted the chiefs Gotcha. Uh, to that extent, even, yeah. and not just because like of the run game, like being shut down, which it was, uh, but here's a stat for you. Our running backs uh, combined for 16 carries for 25 yards the entire game go jags on 16 carries. It, yeah it's like a waste of a play like a yard every time we try and run the ball uh there was nothing going on there you have a player like jonathan taylor on the field uh averaging four or five a carry it becomes a completely different ball game yeah um, i think too it helps out your young quarterback because suddenly play action is an option and the defense yeah. doesn't yeah does, doesn't just sit oh, yeah. on on what is entirely predictable, I think, without Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, Peyton, you and I have kind of done this walk with Travis Etienne, where he has heard his first year wasn't available. Yep. His second year, it kind of became plainly obvious very early on. He doesn't protect the football as well as you would love a young running back to do, and he can't run in between the tackles. Anything that he does that carries any yardage has to be balanced outside the tackles. Which sure. I think yeah. it, it became obvious that I would hope it would become obvious to scouts in the NFL, especially yeah. the Colts who would look at that and say, okay, anytime he's not in a formation, it's more than likely a run play between the tackles by Bigsby. Yeah. And you saw them stack the box. Do you think we'll eventually see that added to his game where we'll see him 
run between the tackles instead of bouncing everything outside? Or, or do you think we need to temper our expectations of ETN and expect him to mm. only be the outside back in the first and second down back? Man, I want ETN. I want nothing from the best, uh, best from him, man. I need him to get down and dirty. I yeah. need him to get in there. I need him to like get us some yards. Um, it's definitely something that we got to work on for sure. I mean, Alex, we grew up with like Maurice Jones, Drew, and Leonard yeah. Fournette, um, and and like, Fred Taylor. We know what a running Fred back Taylor. looks like when he's we know getting what a running down back and dirty. Looks like in the Jaguars, and yeah. ETN is not doing that for us right now. I mean, I'm not in a sense like comparing him to like Jaguar legends as to this point. It's right? Just like, yeah, what, he's not there. It's it's, it, it's not there yet. We've seen. So many running backs of the Jaguars. Um, we have we have a certain expectation. I think it goes both ways for you and I, uh, Alex. We just have an expectation of what a Jaguars yeah. running back looks like. And he's not meaning that right now. Yeah. It, it just looks weird when mm-hmm. in the past, even when it hasn't been a big name like Fred Taylor or Maurice Jones-Drew or Leonard Fournette, and it was somebody named Chris Ivory, he was still able to run in between the tackles and, and just yeah. mow people down. And then mm-hmm. you had, oh gosh, what was that guy's name? Toby Gerhardt? Was that his name? Yeah, yeah. I have an autograph. Yeah, the him. little fullback <laughs> who who just yeah, put his helmet dog. down into everybody's chest, and he was all about yeah. it. Um, so, it, yeah, I, I saw that out of ETN again, so I was a little mm-hmm. disappointed. I'm hoping that that changes in the future. But also on the Jags roster, performing well, I thought Calvin Ridley exceeded my expectations. I'd heard all this talk about Calvin Ridley being an actual wide receiver one, um, fulfilling that role, even in a training camp and, and through the preseason games. But then he walked out there and he did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh, do you have anything to say to Calvin Ridley after um, what he did? <laughs> I, I don't think I could say it on this podcast what okay. I want to say to him. Uh, but yeah. uh, absolutely the most respect for that guy. Like, I, for some reason, it feels like when a player uh, is out for a year for whatever reason, uh, especially non-injury really related reasons, yeah, people, Josh Gordon. like NFL fans, just forget about them. They just forget about how good they are. Uh, and it seems that people started to do that with Ridley as well. Like they forgot the talent and the player that he was. Yeah. Um, you know, going like first round in fantasy drafts uh, for a couple years in a row once Julio Jones left when he was on the Falcons. And yeah. it's like you, you put him in a, a new developing young offense with a talent like Trevor Lawrence uh, and coaching like Doug Peterson where they so badly need a wide receiver one. Yeah. Like Calvin yeah. Ridley was the best business move they could have made. And yeah. he is the more than the player that we, we thought he was going to be. So It's, for sure. it's nice not for sure. relying on, say, Jones and Christian Kirk. They're good, but I don't think either one yeah. of them could fill the wide receiver one role. Um, so in closing uh, for, the, for this Jags-Colts recap, uh, what do you expect uh, from week two? Because week two for the Jags, I would obviously I would love to see Travis Etienne do a little bit more in between the tackles. I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence get a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Um, which I, I mean, I think he was, but I, I think there is still some work to be done there. Um, just, just knowing exactly what his reads are and, and where he's going with it prior to, um, his little scramble act that he does every once in a while. But, um, week two, I, I'm excited. I would just like for the yeah. offense that, to get off to a little bit of a quicker start. Um, so week two for the Colts, what are you looking for, Josh? Um, 
Really a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I would love to see uh, the same poise and maturity from Anthony Richardson. I would love to see our O-line have a better performance. Yeah. Uh, of course, they had a, a really hard week one matchup uh, with, with the defensive line that the Jags are, are running uh, with Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, each walking away with a few sacks. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But next week, we got a matchup against the Texans, which I don't think we're going to be suffering from that as much. No. Uh, sure. So being able to establish the run game, give Anthony Richardson a little bit more time in the pocket uh, just to get him some experience. Yeah. I'd love to continue to see Michael Pittman thrive, um, which yeah. he did on Sunday. So yeah, I was, Josh, I was very we happy were texting, and, and you texted me Michael Pittman Jr. in all caps, and I texted back, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> and, I mean, you hats will. off to that guy. I know his name now. I'm not going to forget it, but yeah. I, didn't, I didn't expect what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton, week two, what are you looking for from the Jags? Man. Um, no, just like you were saying, uh, ETN's got to get down and dirty. Yeah. Um, I want to see something football. more from ETN. Yeah. Protect the football. And Trevor, uh, Trevor's got to not make dumb decisions anymore. Yeah. This is You this see is it every three. once in a while. Well, no, you three. know my stance on this. It's technically year two because year one was with Urban Meyer, and he's a college hmm. coach, and it doesn't count. So it's year two. This is true. Yeah, year two. So I see that. But yeah, um, yeah, we just we got it. We 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 got to do better. We got. Yeah. We have to. We have to convert on third and short. We yes. Oh my gosh, that was so annoying. We we Very sat annoying. there third and short so many times running the football. And because it's ETN and Bigsby, and you can tell what kind of run play it is depending on who's in there. We got stuffed yep. so often, and we're texting with our dad. I think our dad yeah. was the one who pointed out, like, third and short or fourth down, it's got to be a pass. You can, Enough of this failing on third and short and fourth down. Yeah. Which, oh, speaking yeah. of, I think there were five failed fourth down attempts uh, in that game prior to one being converted. So whatever that yeah. over under was, I wish I hammered it because it was definitely <laughs> the over. I might be yeah. able to afford a house here in Florida if I did that, but that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to wrap up our conversation uh, around the Jags and Colts, but lots of college football to get to. Um, we're going to do it as fast as I, uh, as we can. Let's start with those darn Colorado Buffaloes because it. we saw them walk in there week one against TCU. We said, who are they about? And they're about it. Mm-hmm. And and they showed it. And then, you know, week two, they're walking into Nebraska. And you're thinking, okay, this is a, a matchup historically where you'd have two Titans going at it. Um, but now Colorado's ranked and Nebraska isn't. So let's see what uh, Colorado can do in this game. And then they did it again. So yeah. first question being, do you think we see Colorado above 15? in the next AP poll ranking. Peyton, I'll throw this your way because you were a yeah. little conservative last time. You said, I'll, I'll give them the 20s. I'm not ready to give them 15. Do you think they're above 15? I think they're above 15 now. Okay. They've proved it. It's week two. Um, I'm on the Colorado Buffaloes train. I'm on the Travis Hunter, uh, Shadur Sanders. Heisman For Heisman, train. yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. You're all what about we're it. Seeing out of those two is insane, and I love just what um, what uh, Coach Prime is doing with his guys. You know, the leaders, the dogs. There's no team captains. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm loving, and I'm loving that mentality that he's kind of throwing in there as well. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for them, and um, 
it's awesome to have them on Fox and Gus Johnson on the call. Man, it's just yeah, you love it. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. But um, yeah, man. Um, I was skeptical last week, obviously, because it was like, right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, here. so it's one time one. fluke, possibly. Yeah. Let's see. And then they went out there and they did it again. Uh, final mm-hmm. score being thirty-six to fourteen. Josh, did you expect any of this from Colorado? This week, absolutely. Okay. Last mm-hmm. week, uh, I had no idea what I expected. All I knew was this was this was a team that everyone and their mother was hyping up uh, yeah. all off season. You know, Coach Prime, uh, his motivational speeches. You know, his sons playing quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. like, is this something that we can actually rely on them being good, or is this just going to be like some kind of weird media stunt uh, and them absolutely just stink it up? Um, but after they beat TCU and then just came and humiliated Nebraska, yeah, I'm absolutely on the Colorado train. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. so much talent on their team, and Shadur Sanders mm-hmm. making some throws, looking like an NFL quarterback. That's yeah. been like some of the craziest, like crossbody on the run throws. Uh, His reads absolutely are ridiculous. Been really like, good, absolutely in the Heisman running too. Yeah, um, I think so he's they very got a similar. Schedule ahead of him. Yeah, I think he's very similar to Anthony Richardson as as far as like how they've handled themselves in these early games. Just taking what the defense gives them, throwing mm-hmm. the ball when it's necessary, hitting the check down when you need to, um, and yeah. if necessary, yeah. run. You know. Yeah. I, I think we're yeah. seeing a, a a pretty similar start between the two of them. Um, yeah. I will go ahead and let you guys know that I went and looked for the first time uh, at the AP polls that released earlier today or yesterday. Colorado's 18, so they're not quite 15. I'm ready to put them in the top 10, but I guess I'm going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. Um, How about Utah just stinking it up against Baylor? They had to score a garbage-time touchdown to escape that game at home. They did. So they go and do that against Baylor, and it makes me wonder, well, how bad are the Florida Gators? Because... We we did well against McNeese State. I've said for a little while you have to win two of these next three um, between McNeese, McNeese State, Charlotte, and Tennessee. Now we got Tennessee this upcoming week, but we'll get into the preview on Thursday's episode. Um, but I just wanted to point out for all of our uh, betting fans out there, uh, first of all, uh, if you're taking betting advice from us. I'll say again, you are addicted and you need to dial 1-800-GAMBLING because we are not the people you should be taking betting advice from. Um, But for all of our betting people out there, you had the pregame spread set at Utah by seven, which Baylor would have covered the spread up until the garbage time. Well, it's not technically garbage time because it was a close game, but this late second touchdown that Utah scores to take the lead and win the game puts them ahead by exactly seven. So now Utah covers when the entire game, it looked like Baylor was covering. So I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Um, I I thought the other game that caught my eye that I watched a lot of was Texas and Alabama, which Mm, that was a shootout. And I enjoyed every second that I got to watch that who are both going to be in the sec pretty soon. I think as soon as next year. So do you think that, this kind of sets the precedent for future Texas Alabama games or, or do you think that this could be that one time event? Like, do you think it changes when they start playing them every other year or, or do you think we can look to Texas possibly being a big player in the sec? I'll throw this to Peyton first, actually. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, I'm like excited now 
to mm-hmm. like watch these Texas Alabama games, you know? Um, yeah. I think like the question like we've been throwing around, Alex, is like, is Texas back? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and update you real quick. On our Spotify poll, those of you that did participate, um, out of the four votes that we received, three of you said no. On Instagram, however, I I don't know how many people voted, but 80% of you said yes. So clearly there's a discrepancy between the two. Yeah, definitely. Is Texas back? Possibly, after what they did to Alabama. I'm really excited to see them join the SEC. Josh, do you think that this is going to be repetitive? Is Texas the new bully? I absolutely think that this is going to be uh, repetitive, for okay. sure, over the years to come. Uh, not only did Quinn Ewers look really, really good against the Alabama defense, but Alabama lost has been losing a lot of their big-name players. They've had a, a lot of huge-name players get drafted, uh, and it seems that, that Nick Saban – Obviously, one of the best recruiters in college football that that ever has been. Right. Uh, but it seems like exactly. he's letting it get a little out of has hand. Been. It's going a little too fast for him. Uh, he's not able to get the players. They're going to have a couple dud years. You know, it might be this year and next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know. It, they're starting a lot of freshmen and sophomores, it seems like. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Texas kind of seems like they have everything going their way. Yeah, uh, a lot of good receivers. Quinn Ewers is great, and soon enough they're gonna have Arch Manning, and yeah, God knows how how good that guy's gonna be. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought it was great watching that. I did see somebody uh, throw out there a shout out to Texas A and M for taking the Georgia level talent <laughs> at O line and D line and hiding it from Alabama. <laughs> Um, and Georgia. <laughs> so it's possible we don't see the best O-line or D-line uh, for a little bit just because they're over there at Texas A&M who threw a stinker up there against Miami, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I loved watching that game. It, it felt like I was watching, you know, one of those late-night CBS games where, like, you got mm-hmm. uh, SEC broadcasters on there. Yeah, it, it felt classic. Um, twist on the call, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it felt yeah. almost – I wasn't ready to call it, oh, this is going to be an instant classic, but it it felt like the SEC matchup that we're going to mm-hmm. have in a couple of years. Um, so we've kind of covered Saturday and Sunday now, talked NFL um, and college. We got one more game tonight. We got Bills and Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking at – Aaron Rodgers and a young receiving core and a O line that hasn't really played together go up against the Bills and their defense, which is formidable. Um, and, and the Bills and Josh Allen, who, I mean, for what it's worth, even though he hasn't really accomplished much, is still a very good quarterback in the AFC. Um, how do you see this one shaking out, Josh? Uh, it's going to be, it might be the best game of the week. Uh, it's definitely my most oh, wow. anticipated game of, of the week. Anybody that that has been following football over the last offseason uh, is really seeing the Jets as a dream team. Uh, just taking players and, and putting them on the same roster, uh, paying them big time. They got Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall coming off uh, a great season before he got injured. Um, the, what, three-time MVP, four-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, That's all that needs to be said, just Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. yeah, and Garrett Wilson, I, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Yeah. Uh, maybe statistically one of the best wide receivers this year. I could absolutely see it happening. So uh, they got everything going their way. Yeah. A really strong defense, one of the best front sevens in the NFL. But 
Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think it might take a couple weeks for him to heat up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I could absolutely see the Bills walking away with this one. So yeah, I think it'll be entertaining to watch yeah. for sure. But I see the- roster wise, the Jets are untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that roster untouchable as well. I see the Bills walking out with the win, though, just because Aaron Rodgers is getting old and he needs those first four games to really kind of loosen up and get the joints moving, get some oil thrown on there. So, Peyton, how do you see it shaking out? That's fine. Um, I'm actually uh, favoriting the Jets. Okay. Just go around. Um, and kind of, Josh kind of touched on it as well. I mean, you look at their offense. Um, and one of the person, uh, one of the people that I think I um, got to mention was Michael Hardman as well. I mean, coming from the Chiefs. Like a, yeah, they got a good, they got a good offense, a good uh, wide receiver core, man. Um, Everybody on that roster in their prime is a Pro Bowl talent. I, I think, mm-hmm. like as far as the offense <laughs> yeah. is concerned, and and their defense, their their defensive backs yeah. are too. I think so. It, it's right. a talented yeah. roster. We'll see if they can do it though. Yeah, I'm scared yeah. though a little bit though because like I I can totally see the Bills like totally taking this game. Other thing though, it's like I don't want it to turn into like this whole like. um like no disrespect as well, but like a whole like oh my gosh, like Demar Hamlin's back, he's he's like, out there on the field, and like national news coverage on that as well. But yeah. um, you don't want to see yeah, it take away good, from good from the like the good overall football. product. Yeah, it, it's just going to be good football. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Right. Um, so. so we're going to go ahead and close out this football segment um, with our sure. best and worst of the week. Um, so I just. Ooh. The the guidelines that I set up for this were very loose. You can really kind of choose anything. I'll go yeah. ahead and go first. My best of the week, I'm going with the Jags winning week one. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting the Colts to be as good as they were. I got a little nervous in the fourth when we were losing, but they won best of the week. My worst of the week, obviously loose guidelines, the stupid Burger King commercials that are popping up everywhere again uh, <laughs> during your ad breaks on CBS and Fox and ESPN. Yeah. I don't want to hear about your Whopper. Your Whopper is second class, obviously. That's why you're advertising it as much as you do. And your advertisements are second class, too. So this thing gets me heated (laughs) more than anything else, this stupid ad. So I'm going to stop talking before I say something I shouldn't about a burger. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll go go, uh, after that. I feel like uh, they'll be a little less uh, heated. Mm -hmm. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, my best of the week, obviously, as well. Um, Jags getting the win. Um, same as you, Alex. Like fourth quarter, that was I was like nervous, like my heart racing, like. But like also in a sense, like good football. Yeah. Um, I was really excited of uh, about what I saw in the Jags, and excited what I uh, what I saw about Anthony Richardson. I am liking that team. Like the Colts, they got a team. And yeah. I'm excited to see where they go uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I um, thought we were walking away with the division at the beginning of the year, but I don't think so anymore just because of what yeah. we saw week one. Yeah, and our predictions even like a couple episodes ago, we were like, yeah, I totally see us winning the division here. But, man, there's just there's a lot to consider now with the Colts being in our division as well. So, yeah, yeah. so that was my best of the week. My worst of the week, um, yeah, I was watching that Baylor-Utah game. I would say that's my worst of the week. That was yeah. terrible. There's a bad beat um, there. It was really a bad beat. It was just bad football. Um, Utah did not look as strong as they did in Florida. So, Well, anybody can look strong against the Gators right now. Even McNeese yeah, State right put now. together a couple good drives. So, so yeah, yeah, that was my worst of the week. Um, hopefully Utah has some better games up ahead because that was just that was just ugly. So yeah. Oh, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the Chiefs were ugly too. Yeah. Yeah. That so. no Kelsey Chiefs. All right, Josh, no best and Chiefs. worst of the week. 
Um, best of the week has got to be a toss-up between two things. I can't quite decide. So the first uh, being a Tyreek Hill fantasy owner uh, putting up a nice 44 points for me. Uh, that was just instant serotonin. Uh, so <laughs> wow, <laughs> easily won my matchup this week uh, on the next week. So happy about that. Um, but the other being that Anthony Richardson looked good, that the mm-hmm. Colts defense, the, the Colts whole team looked good. Uh, it was it was a big refresher from watching the nightmare that Matt Ryan led last year. Um, I hardly even want to say his name after what I saw. <laughs> um, so that wow. being said, I'm excited about our team. Uh, yeah. I still think the Jags take the division, but I'm I'm excited about the the growth that I'm going to see this year. Yeah, the worst of the week was easily me sitting down on my couch last night listening to Carrie Underwood lead us into Sunday night football, <laughs> me getting hyped to watch a good Sunday night football game, uh, and then just watch the Giants look like a peewee squad. Yeah. Like yeah. like they've never played football before in their lives. <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, I know the conditions were bad, but oh my yeah. gosh, one yeah, of the Twitter worst teams of football I've ever seen. Yeah, no, no, hey, was so bad. Conditions were bad for the Giants, but conditions were bad for the Cowboys also. So <laughs> I don't know true. if conditions are, are necessarily an excuse. They didn't look like they played football before. It was ugly. Yeah, so. No. All right, Josh. Well, we're, we're thankful that you uh, came on to talk with us about football. So uh, we're going to take a short break. Um, maybe we'll see Josh later in the year because the Jags and the Colts do play each other again. So it's possible we have him on. Uh, for that, that game second go around Ooh. but yeah and then josh and i are going to watch that jags Bengals game also so that'll be exciting i'll get to see him uh in person pretty soon so thanks yeah. for joining us we're going to take a short break we'll be back with some baseball let's do it of course thanks for having me go yeah, Colts. of course <laughs> all right well uh hope you enjoyed the break it wasn't very long um <laughs> this is diamonds and hash marks minus the ginger uh Josh joined us in segment one. So if you are, I hope he watches the episode. Yeah, I hope he does that too. If, uh, if you're listening strictly for baseball, um, and you want to hear our football conversation, go ahead and rewind all the way to the beginning. Um, we got some outside information, got some outside influence on us. So, uh, I thought it was a really good conversation. I I was glad that it came on and, and we were able to talk Jags and Colts very, uh, diplomatically and, and not start like, it was very civil. Yeah, it was good. Um, but it's time to talk baseball and, uh, Peyton, I told you over the break, I had some things to get off my chest about these Red Sox. So, um, do you mind if I just go ahead and get started? All right. So uh, all I have to say is that the season is over. It was nice. I'll see you in 2024. That's really all I got to say, man. It's been abysmal. Um, Mm, you, you had the team going into Tampa, uh, and Alex Cora doing these press conferences where he was essentially saying, this is our last stand. If we're going to make a playoff push, we got to start doing it now. And then you saw them get to four and a half back as opposed to six and a half back. Um, and then you saw them go back home of all places. They're at Fenway Park again. And now they yeah. had three against Baltimore. And, and what did they do? In those three against Baltimore, they lost two and they only won one. And it's a home series where you really could have done a lot of damage, could have helped yourself out a lot. Now you got New York four nights in a row. So if if you wanted to do something, you had to do it there. Um, and you didn't because now the Orioles are sitting at 90 wins, um, only 52 losses. We're sitting at six back. 
yeah. the American League wild card. I mean, hats off to the Orioles for going worst to first, but I mean, I really don't think you you played a very competitive team. They looked like they were defeated. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I was actually in Disney World this past weekend, um, and I was on the monorail. And even at Disney World on the monorail, you are not safe from Yankee fans because they they were talking about how even though the Yankees are eight games back, they're going to make a run. They got rid of the dead weight. Now they're going to do it. And I I looked at my wife. I rolled my eyes, and I said, that's so annoying because I'm sitting here at six games back, and I know that we're not doing it. I I've, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty defeatist today. I'm kind of giving up on the Sox. It was good while it lasted, but. I don't see us doing anything formidable to actually pick it up enough in these last 20-ish days to to actually make it into the playoffs. It, it was fun, um, but I'm looking forward to 2024 yeah. now. Um, you can catch me watching the Braves now because that's just good baseball um, as opposed to the product that Heim Bloom is throwing out there now. So um, I'm not necessarily anti-Heim Bloom. I'm just – I'm sick of the product this year. It, you had some opportunities uh, even yeah. to use your, your larger bullpen arms to come into games and chase some wins. But we've kind of taken the strategy where if we're losing, we're definitely losing. And we're not bringing in a bullpen arm that could help us out, keep it close in the sixth and seventh. Um, but if we're winning, then we'll use them. Um, and sometimes they, right. they aren't the best decisions and, and we wind up losing it. So yeah, that's really all I got to say about the Sox. Do you, do you have anything? You touched on everything. I just yeah. wanted to give you the floor. So. Yeah, I I love them, but at this point, I, I'm looking forward to next year watching Trevor Story, yeah. um, I mean, night in, night out. Yeah. Rafaela, um, Abreu, looking good. Maybe Chris Sale is healthy. Maybe he's not. Tanner Houck will get a full year. Yeah. Garrett Whitlock, we'll see what happens with him. But really just kind of over it. I'm ready to move yeah, on. Yeah, I guess – one thing that probably make you feel better, um, I don't know, but the, the Yankees lost the Martian to a torn UCL. I'm not going to celebrate somebody tearing their UCL and having to take a whole year. So, like, while I, I get to push off worrying about him another year, um, it seems like the show has a curse because we talk about somebody and then they get set down or we talk about somebody uh, yeah. and they tear their UCL. That does um, happen. But, yeah, I'm not going to celebrate him tearing his UCL, but uh, – it's nice to not have to worry about him for at least another year. Yeah, so hope he yeah. recovers well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to He's going up against him, doing it um, however many times a year that we wind up playing the Yankees these days. But, um, yeah. yeah, just I'm more excited about the National League wild card than I am about the Red Sox the rest of the year. Yeah. Like, that's just how yeah. it is at this point in the year, as bad as we are. I'm I'm more excited about looking at the standings, which, I mean, just goes to show how, how bad this year's been, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so last episode, we had a quick conversation about the National League wildcard, and it is volatile. It is changing every day. Yep. So we're going to do it again. Um, if you think this conversation is getting old, getting boring, uh, then you might not like baseball because I, I find this stuff riveting. That's just who I am. Yeah. Eat, sleep, mm-hmm. breathe baseball. National League wildcard today. Uh, top wild card position, we got the Philadelphia Phillies, only ahead of the last wild card spot by three and a half games. So that lead has shrunk a little. I still don't see them going anywhere. That second yeah. spot, Chicago Cubs, and that third spot is no longer occupied by Miami, San Fran, or Cincinnati. 
the Arizona Diamondbacks made a push yep. over these last couple of days and are now in the wild card. We have the Miami Marlins a half game out, San Francisco Giants a game and a half out, and the Cincinnati Reds a game and a half out. We're not even going to touch on the Padres because they're eight games out. They're they're awful. That's yeah, a trash can team now. Yeah, but I know. The last time we had this conversation, we talked about possible first-round matchups. I don't want to keep yeah. doing that because I feel like that could get old a little quick. So you got Philly, Chicago, Arizona. Then you got Miami, San Fran, Cincinnati. Of those six teams, who are the three that you think make it to the end of the year? My goodness. Yeah. Um, no, so I'm looking at it right here, and um, I'm seeing Miami half game out, right? and um, I'm going. Uh, I've I've said in multiple episodes. I'm going to go see um, the Atlanta play Miami, right? And it'll be interesting to see how that series kind of unfolds as well. Because like if they do well that series, if they take like maybe even a game or a game or two in that series, which I don't think will happen, because I mean Atlanta is Atlanta. But don't count out the Marlins. I guess is what I'll say. Um, yeah. Marlins are looking good as of right now. We've got some good yeah. hitters. Um, I would probably say Philadelphia take uh, Philadelphia is a top spot. Um, Philadelphia will stay. I yeah, mean, I don't think they go anywhere. But they I, go, I really I feel like whatever you say, whatever I say, it's going to be wrong because it, it's just going to change so much. By Thursday's yeah. episode, it's going to be a different conversation. Totally agree. Oh, yeah. 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 So, Philadelphia, I think, stays up there. Um, Arizona, I, keep, uh, I think, uh, keeps uh, making that push. And then throw Miami in there. I think the Cubs. Yeah. Which is crazy yes. to think that yeah. at only a game and a half out in Cincinnati and San Fran, that like we we want them in, obviously. I think October baseball's better with San Francisco in. I think October yeah, baseball's always. better with Cincinnati in. You got two of the most storied franchises in there. You're telling me that the intros and outros into and out of commercials aren't gonna be great? Right. Like I'm here for it. I'm ready to watch those. But mm-hmm. uh it's crazy to think that there's still this many teams involved with this new format, year two of the format. Um, it's yeah. going to be a race down down to the last day of the season, I think. I think we're looking at a tiebreaker. Just as close as oh, things wow. are now, I think we go to the first tiebreaker, which, I mean, I haven't even researched totally those rules. Yeah. yeah. So that National League wild card is going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, the American League wild card, uh, it's pretty straightforward. You got Tampa Bay occupying that first spot because they're two wins behind uh, the juggernaut over there in Baltimore. You got Toronto yeah. um, and Seattle occupying those next two spots. Uh, at a half game out, you have Texas, and then you got Boston and New York, but they're not really relevant anymore. So thank you, Red Sox Nation, <laughs> but we're moving on. Um, okay. <sighs> we talked about the Phillies a little bit. How about the dad strength out of that guy? He leaves for paternity leave, uh, goes and experiences, uh, I think, his firstborn um, being born. Holds him, yeah, comes back, so. first game back, hits a bomb. It's stat strength. It's a thing. It, it, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but over there in that National League, where we spent most of our time already, you got the Dodgers sitting there at 87 and 55. And yeah. I don't know how closely you're paying attention to uh, Dodgers baseball right now, but a little bit. Yeah. Walker Bueller has been out this entire year, still recovering from a torn UCL. I think yep. the news came across the wire that, uh, he officially is going to miss the rest of the year. Like he, it's not even a shot for him to come in in October anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. 
think Tony Gonsolin earlier this year towards UCL as well. So he's out. Uh, UCLs in Los Angeles aren't very strong, apparently. Yeah, like what's going on? Yeah, Shohei, Gonsolin. <laughs> I know. Uh, Bueller. What, who's next? I know. Well, don't say that because <laughs> this show has a curse. But yeah, Gonsolin's right. out. That's another starter gone. Um, so if you're looking at the Dodgers rotation, really, at the beginning of the year, you were probably thinking, give me Bueller, Kershaw, Urias, Gonsolin, and then whoever fills that last spot. But, I mean, they have a plethora of young guys who are willing to fill it and, and probably can. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much how, how closely you're paying attention to Los Angeles, but Julio Arias, um, the Dodgers have a very strict yeah. domestic violence policy where if um, you, you are arrested on domestic violence charges that you're probably getting cut from the team at that point. He's already got one domestic violence charge against him. I think Major League Baseball did their own investigation there and and found domestic violence charge wasn't warranted. Um, So then the Dodgers kept him. But I think over the weekend, we saw this other incident. Um, He was arrested again, and it looks like the Dodgers are going to wind up releasing him or getting rid of him. Wow. Yeah, they've already covered his mural, um, the picture that's painted outside the stadium. So um, question I got for you is, let's say the Dodgers do it. They make uh, the postseason in that second spot. Uh, Let's say they do it and actually cut Julio Urias. Um, I don't think he's actually going to be available because Major League Baseball will probably step in at that point Mm -hmm. before they let him uh, pitch again. But you got a best-of-five series to start. And right now, the only starting pitcher off the top of my head that I can name is Clayton Kershaw. That's the only one I got, too. Yeah, it's the only, yeah. Uh, where do you go from here? If you're the Dodgers, like what? What do you do if your starting rotation you walked into this year, possibly having in October, isn't what yeah. you thought it was? Do you do you just play bullpen games and hope for the best with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman? I think that's where we've dumped it down to now. Yeah, uh, the starting rotation is not is like non-existent anymore. Yeah, with what uh, with what you're saying, and then like uh, Urias is a phenomenal pitcher, and uh, yeah, turns out he's a trash human being. So trash human being. So I mean, that's not going to play out uh, the way you think it's going to play out sometimes. So now that he's gone, and then he now that he's um getting ready to leave, which I believe is also his like um it was turning out to be like his uh, his free agency year. So he was getting ready to be on free agency, and like he was gonna, he was going to be marketable, I believe. I stand corrected. Um, I, I can't name another starting pitcher. His name is Lance Lynn. So Kershaw and Lance Lynn, after they picked him up from the White Sox with the Joe Kelly wow. trade as well. So, um, yeah. and and he's been doing well with the Dodgers. But again, best of five series, and I can only name two. It's it's Kershaw yeah. and Lance Lynn who are carrying that. Can you win those other three games relying on Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman? Do you think they think can? Can I don't think you can, but I mean, it's it's happened before. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm just, not like, gonna count out Mookie Betts. You know. Yeah, I just can't. Right. I, I can't either. Um, I still, I still, there's, there's still a soft spot there. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I already lamented, so let's <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep going. Oh, so on our show notes, it looks like the next thing that we're going to talk about is the Red Sox being down bad and how the season is over. But I already we did already that, and that. we're not touching yeah. on that again. So um, over the weekend, I saw an interesting headline, and I put it in me the group chat between you and yep. me um, and our dad. And I put, I think, 
how many? 18 exclamation points behind it. I split it up into three separate texts with six exclamations each. Um, but I saw an interesting report that says the Los Angeles Angels, if compelled and given the right trade offer, uh, and, and if the player is willing to be moved uh, this upcoming winter, that they would consider and possibly even actually do it, yeah. trading Mike Trout. I hope you were sitting down when yeah. you heard that, because that <laughs> is a name that I would not have expected. to. Uh, okay, so hold on first. Let me, let me say this. You're willing to trade Mike Trout this winter, but you weren't willing to trade Shohei Otani five weeks ago? Okay, so now that that's out of the way, and I can very easily prove that it's very bad management, uh, very bad in two sentences. Yeah. If you're the Los Angeles Angels, do you trade Mike Trout? And then if you do trade him, who do you trade him to? Uh, yes, I believe you do trade him. Okay. I, I feel bad so, for Mike Trout. Yeah, it's time you to know? rebuild, you think? Time to rebuild. Time to rebuild for the Angels. You go get. You go out and you get your prospects, right? Um, yeah. I want I want Mike Trout to get a like a, a World Series ring at some point in his career. It's not going to happen to the Angels anymore. We thought it was going to happen. The squad they were, they were getting together, but bad management has led to a point now where it's it's make or break situation in Los Angeles now or in Anaheim. So, um, yeah, you trade him, trade him to a high market team that's going to be able to take him. And a couple come to mind. We talked about it earlier. Uh, the Mets come to mind. Yeah. Um. You know, and funny enough, the Dodgers come to mind. Just because uh, they've done the, it in the past with Mookie. They yeah. took the Carl Crawford, Adrian Gonzalez trades, you know. Yeah. Another team, honestly, for me, that comes to mind is New York. Um, just the because Yankees, of, yeah. yeah, that I mean, they are going to have the luxury of spending some money this offseason because they've offloaded the dead weight of Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson and, and a couple of other pieces. But I don't know if Mike Trout is, is your ultimate fix over there in New York. Yeah, no, uh, I don't think he is either. One other team, one other team uh, that I'm going to throw out there, possibly a surprise team for you, Philadelphia Phillies. I think if you're in Philadelphia and you're the GM, Dave Dombrowski, the GM, I think you have to take a serious look at possibly moving on from Kyle Schwarber. Okay. Um. So maybe you find a third-party team that's willing to take on Kyle Schwarber's contract. But I think if you put together an outfield that consists of uh, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Nick Castellanos, JT Romuto behind the dish, Trey Turner at shortstop, obviously a lot of money, lots of cash. But... Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, because you have one guy sitting at $350 million, and then you got Mike Trout sitting there at like 450 right? Or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a ridiculous cash amount. But I think if you do it, if you can do it, you have to. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Do you think... No, that's it, yeah. Okay. Uh, that is... That's something I think I'll even look at as, as well and be like, yeah, I totally see that happening. Um Cause isn't he from and, Philadelphia? He's from Jersey or something. He's from, yeah, he's from he's from New Jersey. I want to say. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a huge Eagles fan. So, um, yeah, I definitely see that happening. Um, and um, I saw a report somewhere that they saw that was talking about like Bryce Harper like possibly moving to first base like permanently. I think well. yeah, I think he is over there and he's doing well. I haven't seen any headlines so far talking about how bad of a first baseman he is. So true. Hats so, off to Bryce. I mean, 
hats off, hats off to him. And like, um, so, I mean, that also like gives out another trade piece that I have in mind, uh, which is Reese Hoskins, who's kind of like uh, gone down in the charts a little bit. But, Interesting. I mean, he yeah. He's somewhat reliable. I didn't even think of him. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, I remember like the first couple of years when he was in the league, like we were talking about, like, oh, yeah, this guy's, this guy's good. Like he'll get you, he'll get you a couple of uh, hits in the lineup. Um, yeah. But now, now, we're, now that we're looking at him and the Bryce Harper is permanently taking over that first base position, I'm like, do we really need Reese Hoskins now? Like, is this yeah. like something that we need? And if it's some, if it's something that we're going to put in, like if we're putting in Reese Hoskins and Kyle Schwarber to get, um, uh, sending them to like third party teams or whatever to get Mike Trout, then I don't technically rule that out. I see that as being um, very, very possible. Yeah, it's possible that we're recklessly speculating again, saying that. Mike Trout could end up in Philadelphia, but I mean, you love to see guys go back to their hometown and just absolutely yeah. tear it up for their new team. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they actually pull the trigger on anything this winter because you got an organization notoriously bad for signing guys to bad contracts, making bad trade deals. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm be. looking forward to watching that over the off season. Um, but until we get there, um, I'm just going to not pay any attention to the Boston Red Sox. I'm going to watch the National League wild card. I'm uh, yep. going to watch some Atlanta Braves baseball because they're fantastic. They are. I'm um, going to watch some really football because I, I, at this point in the year, I'd rather watch some football on the weekends than the Boston Red Sox. Hope everybody stays healthy, but it's just where right. I'm at. Yeah, so um, we're going to go ahead and close things down uh, today. Yep. If uh, you're listening or watching, please give us a five-star review. We desperately do need it. it. Um do. Well, I, okay, we're not desperate. We just we've experienced a lot of growth. I think a lot more growth yeah. than we thought up to this point um, that we would actually really get. Good. But um, if you give us a five star review, like, subscribe, do whatever you need to do, suddenly mm -hmm. the algorithm powers that be will help us out and, yeah. and will continue to distribute us to the people that want to listen to diamonds and hash marks. So, for the final time today. This is Diamonds and Hashmarks. I'm Alex Pichardo. I'm Peyton Biggs. Sponsor your boy. Yeah. Biggs, honestly, Fanatics, um, New Era, any of those. Lids, we're waiting. Great. Yeah. We're waiting. You know, <laughs> actually, yeah. you probably don't know the email, but uh, <laughs> if you would like to sponsor the show, please email us at diamondsandhashmarks at gmail.com. All right. So uh, we already signed off for the final time. So uh, let's just go ahead and roll right into the outro. Whoop! Thank you.